Yo, what is going on, everybody? And welcome to episode 23 of the Get The Shot podcast. This podcast is for all you aspiring creatives trying to get your shot at working in the sports creative industry. My name is Billy Quach, and I am the creative director at Let It Fly Media, as well as an NFL LCC content creator. Today, we have Nicole Vasquez on the line. She is a content creator for the MLB and the NHL. We're going to be talking about her journey to the big leagues from ASU as a student, what advice she would have to her younger self, and the key behind her phenomenal double exposures. Super excited for this episode, so let's get this thing started. Let's run it! All right, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, Super excited today. We have Nicole on the show. First off, for those who don't know, can you just give an intro of yourself, where you're based, and kind of what you do, who you work for? So I'm based in the Anaheim area. Um, If you're not from California, I guess it's about like an hour away from LA. I mean, depending on traffic, but I cover mostly the Ducks and the Angels. I work both for NHL and MLB as a live content creator. I've been doing that for about, well, with MLB, it's my fifth season. I can't believe my fifth season. Um, it feels like I just started not that long ago, so it's crazy. Um, with NHL, I think it's my third season, so I've just been doing that for the past few years and um, just been loving every second of it. It's been fun. Nice. And how did you initially get started in content creation with photo and video? Yeah, so I this is definitely not a career I ever <laughs> saw myself doing. Um, I went to ASU and I majored in sports journalism there. And I actually, like while I was there, I was more focused on writing. I thought that once I graduated, I wanted to be a beat writer for a team. Um, That was the goal. And like that was my main focus for all four years. Um, But I think, you know, and one of the great things about going to ASU and the journalism school out there is they kind of like, Basically, they pushed you to try a bunch of different things and to not kind of just pigeonhole yourself into just one skill. So if I was like writing a story about the Arizona Coyotes, like I would have to like take my own pictures or if I were to like shoot a package, I would have to like learn stuff about like how to do audio, like an actual sports package together. So it was like something where... Like I was able to learn a bunch of different things. And then kind of when I graduated, just certain chips kind of fell into the spot of pushing me to land a job with MLB. I actually got that job with the help of my friend, Angela, who she's social media. She works social media with the Panthers. Um, She kind of just wrote to me and was like, hey, like, you know, I've been doing this with the Diamondbacks. Um, and I think, you know, they might be looking for someone out in Anaheim. Would you be interested? And because I had somewhat of a background in doing photography, I was like, you know what? Why not? Let's, let's just go with it and see what happens. So that's kind of what happens there. Like, again, it was definitely not something planned. Um, but you know, once I started doing, you know, just learning different ways of storytelling through photo, um, and video as well. I was kind of like, yeah, let's, let's just see where this takes me. You know, like it's, yeah, again, just something that I was not predicting at all. But I think those are the most fun adventures, right? 
the ones that aren't planned. <laughs> you weren't predicting it, but now that you're kind of in it, like what's your favorite part or what do you love most about what you do now? Yeah, I think it's just kind of like, you know, every day could be just something different in terms of like shooting. Like I went through like a phase where I was just, you know, bringing different little like props, like fairy lights, glow sticks to the ballpark, you know, just kind of, you know, playing around, messing around, seeing what kind of images I could make in the sense of like, how do I want to cover the game? Like, how do I want to um, showcase the athletes? And um, I feel like just being able to do that, you know, it's, it's like a new different adventure every single time you go to the ballpark or the arena. Um, so yeah, just like it's slow, <laughs> not really having like a plan sometimes. Um, again, is probably what is the most fun thing about it. And what would your typical game day look like? Yeah. So, I mean, both kind of like are, are definitely a bit different, you know, shooting hockey is completely different than shooting baseball. Um, but for the most part, it's, you know, I kind of have like an idea of, or like a shot list kind of in my head of what I want to like cover or if the team reaches out or if um, the league reaches out and like certain things that they want from that night specifically, I kind of make note of that first and then kind of like incorporate it with any ideas that I have, like as the game goes on. Um, but, you know, obviously it starts with like times, like a lot of times with MLB games, sometimes I have to shoot arrivals or even now. So with hockey, I'm starting to shoot arrivals. So it's, you know, covering the players, maybe they're wearing a cool outfit stuff like that. So it's really, I mean, it, it's planned, but also it's nice because like I am able to like think of different things like on the fly while the game is going on and um, kind of see how it goes from there and, you know, the game, what's going on. But yeah, <laughs> I hope I answered that. Okay. Yeah, I feel like pretty solid. It's like, it's weird. Cause it's, it's structured. Yeah. Cause it's like, it could be structured, but it also like you have that ability to of like incorporate different things that you think of, or you see in that moment. Right. It's like structured, but also spontaneous. <laughs> I guess that's sports in a way. Yeah. It's kind of like you have a box that, you know, you're allowed to play in and then now it's just figuring out how you want to play in that box as an LCC for the NFL we kind of feel the same way like there's arrivals there's pregame there's the game there's postgame but we kind of have that freedom to shoot it how we want like maybe one day I'll use a gimbal or the next day I'll use a tighter lens and go handheld or maybe I'll go slow-mo one day and then the next game I'll go normal speed frame rate so definitely understand that as a live content creator it's a little bit more creative day of just because it's kind of repetitive in terms of the structure of a game day. Right. And it's like, sometimes you will not know until it's like you're setting up your gear and you're kind of like, okay, what do I want to do today? And then like, you just, you know, you stick a lens on, you're like, okay, I'm rolling with it. <laughs> and then, you, you know, see what happens. You said after coming out of college, you kind of went straight into being an MLB LCC. At what point did you kind of feel like there was a turning point in terms of like your confidence and your craft versus you stumbled upon, you know, just getting to the LCC? Like, was there a moment like before that or during that where you were like, okay, I belong here? Yeah. So, I mean, it, it did help that, you know, I did have, you know, some of that experience 
shooting um, baseball. Like I covered the baseball team at ASU. So it helped that I had that knowledge. So I didn't go into it completely like, oh my God, like what am I doing here? But I think at first though, it was still like, you know, there was still a big question mark of like, okay, like how am I going to actually, like, I know I can, I can do the work, but like when, at what point do I like fit in? If that makes sense, like that fitting in feeling. Um, I want to say it was probably like towards the end of the season or maybe the beginning of, you know, the following season. And I think that had a lot to do with just the people I was working with and day out. I feel like even just being comfortable in your environment, um, like working with people that you feel like really support you. um, Like if you have any questions about anything, like they have your back. I feel like once I started even just familiarizing myself with my surroundings and with the people that I work with, I feel like that's kind of when I'm like, okay, you know what? Like I still have a lot to, to learn. I'm still a rookie in some regards, but I feel like I'm in a spot where I don't feel like I can't grow or I feel too nervous to like speak up if I have a question or like, you know, you, you know when you're feeling, like, uncomfortable and the vibe is just, like, like you just don't feel comfortable in asking, like, oh, is it okay if I shoot here today? You know, something like that. Like, I think when you're in a good spot where, where you just truly feel comfortable, then it allows you to just focus then on yourself and, like, growing on your craft, your skill, whatever your style is. Um so, yeah, and then it just kind of increased as, like, the past few seasons have gone on. Like, huge shout-out to my Ad Angel squad. Like, I know I'm so lucky to to have them and to be working alongside with them. Like, they're so inspiring in so many ways. And, yeah, and I feel like that also kind of, like, put in my head, like, okay, you know what? Yes, I can come back again next season. I feel comfortable with continuing on and seeing what happens. Um, so I feel like that's such a huge part of, like, you know, choosing, again, not even just in sports, but like choosing wherever you're going to work is feeling comfortable with the people in your surroundings. Love it. Um, speaking of the people that you work with, are there any like mentors or any people that kind of taken you under their wings in the past couple of seasons as you, you know, got into the MLB and NHL? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, a huge shout out to Blaine Noagashi. He's the team photographer of the Angels. Um, he is I feel like, you know, he's a mentor in the sense of like, if you have a question and like how, you know, like, how do you shoot? Like, how did you get that shot? He's not just going to kind of run through really briefly on like what he did. Like he will really sit with you and be like, this is exactly what I did. And I feel like, you know, even just his style of work is just amazing. (laughs) I could go on and on about, about his work. I think I want to say the past couple of seasons when I started to kind of like, branch out and figure out like what my style is and what kind of different things I wanted to try out. Like he was always just like, I would bring, yeah, again, like glow sticks, very like the ballpark. And I'd be like, Hey Blaine, like look what I brought. And he'd be like, Oh, cool. Okay. Let's, let's try it out. You know, let's see what happens. And, um, I feel like, you know, a lot of things that have done, like they've been through like inspiration from his own work. And again, just being so willing and like, Hey, like, let's, let's try this out and see what happens. And, you know, from then on, I kind of, I've just always adopted that into like how I go about shooting things now. And, you know, when I started shooting hockey, I kind of was just 
trying to focus on just getting the shots and not really thinking too much creatively. And then again, as, as I continue to grow and like get, really get into those different exposures and, you know, playing around with my settings. And I brought that, I learned from what I, what I learned from MLB and a lot from what I learned from Blaine, I carry that over to um, NHL as well. So yeah, he's been awesome. Um, and then, you know, Ricardo, he's been amazing too with his, like, he more so does video now, but he's just been awesome to work with. And Hannah, the social media coordinator there. I feel like when you're, again, just in a team where you all just, just kind of like vibe <laughs> and all your creativity kind of just vibe, it's like you're really able to work. Um, and it's, again, it's just been really fun. And I'm so lucky to to be working with them. Nice. That's super awesome to hear. Super cool that you found a good group of people to work with because that's super helpful to have kind of that support cast around you when it comes to a content creating environment. All right, let's uh, go to the Q&A section so we don't keep Corbin from waiting too long. Yo, Corbin, what's going on? Hey, what's going on? How are you guys? We've got Nicole here from SoCal. She's a MLB and NHL content creator. Why don't you start with an intro with yourself, just so we know kind of where you're at in life, and then uh, you can go ahead and ask us your first question. Awesome, yeah. So I'm Corbin, obviously. Um, I am a senior at Fort Hayes State University, which is a Division II college in Hayes, Kansas. And me and one other student are the, like, we're in charge of the creative video for the athletic department. And um, this is actually my first year um, from starting May is doing video stuff. So I'm kind of like trying to cram and learn as much information as possible as I can um, before next summer. And hopefully I have an internship or something like that. That's awesome to hear. Um, that's super cool that you're getting that opportunity. What's your first question for us? Um, my first question, um, it does revolve around the internship area. Um, do you guys think I should go into the professional sports area if possible? Like, um, Sporting KC, Chiefs, um, the Royals here in K uh, Kansas, or should I go like the college route, whether that's Division um, Division One or smaller Division Two? I think either route works. The big thing is just getting that first initial step out of college, whether it is with a pro team or with a college team. I, it's, I, I think that's a question less for us and a question more for you. Like, do you enjoy working in a college athletic environment or? Do you feel like your dream and your goals are to be at the professional level? Yeah, I personally, I mean, I would like to work at the uh, professional level, but it's just, I didn't know if that was like a, a feasible route coming from a division two, especially one that has um, like very, very limited equipment for us to use for video. What I'll say to that is my first job out of college was at the Chiefs as an internship. I was a seasonal video assistant for them in 2017 and it's definitely a possible route to go straight to the professional level, whether it's an internship or full-time, straight out of college. Now, depending on you know your experience and your background of what you did in college, that may be harder said than done, or that, that may be easier said than done. So maybe it is finding another college or you know D2 or D1 college to work at for a couple of years before making a leap to professional. But my advice would be to take advantage of your last couple of months as a senior to kind of, like you said, tr you're trying to learn as much as possible these, 
these past couple of months, but for the next couple of months, not only learn as much as possible, but also apply everything you're learning into tangible examples that you could show other people like, hey, it was just me and this one other student at this, you know, D2 college or wherever you're at, you know, look at all the things we did and kind of use your weakness of not having the best gear or the best environment to be a creative as a strength. Nicole, do you have any advice for uh, Corbin? Um, I mean, I feel like, like you mentioned, you can go either route. And again, I feel like, you know, for me, right out of college, I was, you know, lucky enough to start shooting professionally. But I mean, I feel like either way, I feel like you're going to make connections that could, you know, help you either continue shooting in professional sports or continue to shoot shooting collegiate sports. Or sometimes you'll be meeting people who kind of cross and do both. Um, I feel like that's kind of the matter what. It's not like I'm going to shoot collegiate. So that means I'm going to be kind of stuck shooting collegiate sports. Like you're still going to probably be meeting and connecting with other people in the industry who also shoot professionally. Um, so that's, that's a good thing is like, no matter what you choose, like isn't a right or wrong choice. It's just two different, completely different paths and um, something you can change as you continue to connect with people and to grow your craft um, as you continue to move through the industry. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, those are great answers. Um, my next question is going to be, what is the biggest tip or advice you guys could give someone that's fairly new to this stuff to um, capture emotion and like tell a good story within sports? Nicole, you want to start with this one? That's a great question. I feel like the emotion is like part of, of you know, what invested into sports, you know, because when athletes show late to them yourself and I feel like it's, Sometimes it's hard to plan for those moments, right? Because they're really spontaneous or, you know, I mean, sometimes they can be planned in the sense of like, oh my gosh, you know, it's it's the bottom of the ninth inning. There's the potential walk-off, like no matter what, which team, someone's going to be showing emotion, right? But I feel like you kind of just, it's, you kind of just, it's hard to explain. I feel like <laughs> for me, it's just like you, you're, you start to be, like, when you start covering a team, you start to be around, like, their personalities a lot, and you kind of start to learn, like, which of the players might be more open to showing that type of emotion. Um, and, like, I think that's, like, one of the best parts is kind of, like, covering, like, the different personalities that you start to see as, like, you start to be at the ballpark, the arena, the stadium 24-7. You start to see those personalities and who guys are not just on the field but off the field. Um, that for me, I think that's been one of the most rewarding things about, um, you know, just covering a team throughout the whole season. And especially when that happens, like you've seen like from where, like maybe a player just got called up from when he started to how he's evolved as the season goes on. So I feel like a lot of those things you kind of see as you go and you play by ear just by like sound a lot and being present and we really just kind of kind of just being a fly on the wall in a way, you know, and just seeing how the guys are interacting with each other. And I feel like, I hope I answered that question. Okay. Yeah, no, you definitely <laughs> but um, at least for me, I think that's, yeah, that's, yeah. That's one of the most, 
yeah, most rewarding parts of our job, right, is to show to showcase who the players are as people to the fans. You know, we, we kind of give them like that backstage access in a way. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I'll add to that, Corbin. That I think one of the biggest, or maybe even one of the simplest things to show some emotion when you're you're capturing content is to show the faces of the athletes. And that's one thing I hear a lot from the NFL film shooters I talk with is they don't care about a shot unless they see the athlete's face in it because the athlete's face is going to tell you what emotions they're feeling, whether it's happiness, sadness, or excitement or whatever. Or if, if, they're, if they're showing no emotion, like that in it itself is an emotion. So a really, yeah, that's a simple piece of advice right there is just shoot people from the front side and not from the backside, because if you're shooting from behind, you're not really seeing their face. That doesn't mean every shot needs to show someone's face, but if you are really going for that emotional look or you're trying to tell the story of through the eyes of a player, then showing as clearly as possible what their face is on on frame, then that's an easy way to get uh, that point across. Okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Thank you. Um, do I have one more uh, yeah, honestly, questions. Corbin, you're the only one that decided to uh, hop on the podcast today. So you've got really? as, as many questions. Me. Yeah. Uh, last week with Noah, we only had one person as well. So maybe I need to start doing these at a different time. But um, if you've got a couple more questions, we're here to we're here to answer them. Wow, that blows my mind because I actually just like basically binge listened to all of your episodes. Cause I had to do a long drive, but I don't know. That, that blows my mind. But um, my, well, maybe last question um, is what's one thing a like new creative should like stray away from or like definitely don't do in the industry? I think my f- initial thought is to not burn bridges. Um, as Nicole said earlier about, you know, making connections earlier in the podcast about having good connections. The sports industry is a small world and if you burn a bridge, you just don't know how that's going to affect you down the road. Somebody, everybody in this industry knows someone who knows someone who knows someone who knows someone. So I guess what I'm trying to say is like, always have that. I don't know if this is a reasonable answer, but I always try to have that positive attitude and like always be respectful. Always like if you're frustrated, don't take out those frustrations on other people. I always assume someone is watching and that person watching might have a say in, you know, your next opportunity. Being in the sports creative industry for the past five, six, seven years, it's absurd to think about the amount of people I know who know other people in this industry. Like I can pick out a friend I have who lives in New Mexico shooting for Team X and they'll somehow know, you know, somebody else who I'm thinking about hiring or I can I mean, even with Nicole, I, I tweeted that I was going to interview Nicole today on Get the Shot, and Ryan Haji was like, oh my gosh, Nicole's awesome. I love her. And I was like, I didn't even know Ryan. Like, it, it's just crazy how many people know each other in this industry. So my biggest piece of advice to young creatives is to always assume that, you know, the person you're interacting with knows somebody very important um, and to just not burn any bridges, which I'm sure most people don't do purposefully, but I'm sure a lot of people do accidentally. Nicole, do you have uh, any piece of advice in that regards? Yeah. I mean, again, like I said before, like you don't know like who could possibly 
um, you know, help you with your career moving forward. Like I, like I mentioned earlier, like my, my friend who was actually my first roommate (laughs) at ASU, like she's the one that like helped put me on this path. And again, you really, you really don't know. I almost think of it in a way as like, oh, like I just don't, I don't want to make any enemies, but look at it as like, oh, I want to make a friend. Cause like, even if it doesn't have to do with like them helping you in some way, like move up with your career, like they could help you just by like giving you a piece of advice on like something that you might not even have considered before. Um, so yeah, that, that definitely is a huge one. And I think for me too, like what I would like to add is like maybe something just to, stray away from and I feel like it's said all like you see it all the time like about sports creatives talking about it on Twitter and it's like burnout really is a thing and I mean I'm glad that a lot of us are talking about it a lot more but especially you know for my fellow creatives who work in baseball you know how it's it's there's so many games and I feel like early on in my career I feel like I was so focused on being perfect or I was seeing what other of my coworkers or counterparts were doing. And I feel like I was putting so much pressure on myself to be perfect that, you know, I would get maybe to the all-star break and I would just be so burnt out and I could not really come up with any, like it really kill it kills your creativity, right? Cause like you'll show up at work and you'll be like, Ugh, like I just need to do the bare minimum today I can do this game you know and you don't want to burn yourself out to a point where you start to like lose sight of why you chose this job this industry to begin with and I mean it's still something that I'm learning from even today it's like a constant okay work-life balance okay Nicole maybe you didn't have shoot today but that's okay it doesn't mean that you know, it's going to completely tank you forever. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I feel like just be kind to yourself. And, you know, we all have bad days sometimes. But um, again, I know it's easier said than done. (laughs) But yeah, just just be mindful. No, that's great. Thank you. Any other questions for us, Corbin? Oh, man, I don't know. I didn't I didn't plan to be the only one. (laughs) All good, if not. But I guess I mean, I am, since I live in Kansas, I'm interested in the Kansas City area. Um, So I guess, Billy, for you, um, when, or if you're allowed to say, like, would you know when those internship opportunities, like, open up for either this summer or next fall for either the the Chiefs, which you worked with, or I don't know if Let It Fly does um, internships or just even the Royals, if you know that. For Let It Fly, we definitely do internships. They're not as organized slash scheduled if we have internship availability we'll definitely be posting those on social media so just keep up with our socials for whenever there's new openings in terms of the kansas city chiefs their seasonals go from about july to february depending on how far they go in playoffs so i believe their um kind of the window of opportunity is kind of that of February, March, April is probably when the applications for those internships open up um, and you could find them on Teamwork Online 
um, which is like a website that hosts a lot of uh, sports creative positionings. As far as the Royals, I don't really know how their internship structure works, but um, Nicole, do you have any insight on how MLB internships, if they're if those are even a thing, work? Yeah, I mean there is. I feel like once the season ends, that's kind of when I want to say like November, and then kind of around before spring training ish, like February. That's kind of when you start seeing a lot of at least baseball jobs get posted or internships. I mean, I'm sure the Kansas city will probably do the same. Um, but I think too, for MLB, I think that's kind of when they kind of reach out and see for like, for instance, for like the LCC position, that's kind of when they kind of look at oh, like which markets that they want to fill. Um, so definitely keep an eye on that. Um, there's some great creatives working with the Royals. I'm not sure if you follow um, Sam Lutz on Instagram. He's amazing. Um, so definitely try to reach out to him. Maybe he probably has better insight on when they start to um, post internships or whatnot. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, really good uh, question, Corbin. But basically in the off season is when teams generally load up on their internship application. So for, I guess, the Royals and the Chiefs, you'll probably be looking at, at around February through kind of that early spring. Okay, awesome. Thank you. And I, I don't do I have time for it. It's another short question. Yep. We'll, we'll make this uh, the last question, but we should be good. So since I'm fairly, well, very new, I've been doing it for less than a year. Um, what do you guys think is the most important thing for me to learn or like master? Yeah. So I feel like since you're just starting out, I feel kind of just, I mean, I feel like, I don't know if it sounds kind of, you know, it's cliches, but you always hear like, oh, you know, just like, I get this question a lot, like, oh, like, how did you like get your job or how did you get started? And a lot of that is just like, you just need a lot of reps, you know, you kind of start figuring out like what your shooting style is, like what you kind of like gear towards or what feels comfortable for you, especially since you're kind of just figuring that out. And then also too, I would say like, again, for me, like when I first started, I was more photo heavy, um, but I'm glad that, you know, I kind of opened myself out to also trying video. So I feel like if you're also kind of don't, like hold back in sense of like trying something new hey like you want to try shooting photo like you never know necessarily like where what a new scope could take you if that makes sense um but yeah I feel like I mean and, and it's kind of cool to see like your progress from like when you start shooting to even like from the beginning of the season to the end of the season like sometimes like even in between games like you can start seeing just like your progress and how um, you start to feel more comfortable and like how you go about shooting or like thinking in your mind of like how you want to cover something. Um, but yeah. And I, I, again, like I feel like I hear it so many times, but reps, 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 reps um, just is, it's, it's huge. Um, I don't know, Billy, if you want to add to that. <laughs> I mean, first I'll, I'll double down on what Nicole said is putting in reps would be my initial answer when you're first starting out in, in anything like, it doesn't just have to be content creation, but literally any skill that you want to be good or you want to do for a living, you got to put in reps at the beginning of 
that learning phase in order to get better. Definitely a huge piece of advice is to just put in a lot of reps in order to build those muscles of, you know, cranking out videos, exporting stuff, figuring out how to color correct, like it's only going to get better over time. I'll add on top of that things that you could start doing, especially when you're starting out is to just start networking and it's never too late or I guess it's never too early to start networking, you know, meeting people on social, knowing who Sam Lutz is, knowing who Anna Topkin is at the Chiefs, like start to recognize the people and the names who are working at the places you want to work at. So you can start building a rapport and, you know, getting connected with those people and just having that intro and relation building time now. So that way you don't have to build that relationship when it when it matters, like when applications are out or when you're interviewing, like if you start those processes of networking with people and not only in Kansas City, but people across, you know, the U.S. in the industry, like just start getting your name, Corbin, out as many people as possible. It's only going to help over time versus like versus hurt. Like it, it can't hurt to get your name out more. Obviously, you got to do it in a somewhat strategic and smart way. Like don't just hit someone up a hundred times and blow their phones up. But if it's a genuine reach out, if you're, you know, there's there when people say to network, I think a lot of times people forget to say like how to network. And so it's, you know, I, the way I see it is like, I'm almost trying to, as bad as this sounds, I'm almost trying to befriend them. Like, like, I'm going for the friendship rather than the work relationship. Like I'll tell someone, I'll comment on someone's post and say, yo, that shot was fire. Or I'll DM someone and said, you know, that video you just made was really cool. Or I'll just like hit them with a lot of positivity and support. And eventually they might do the same to my stuff. Like you might drop a fire emoji on their latest shot. And then when you post something, they might drop one back. Like it starts small like that, but then it kind of builds into like, okay, maybe you ask them a question of like, how did you do that effect in that video? And then they'll answer, or they might ask you if they see something. And that's kind of how you just lay the groundwork to build that relationship. It's not like a straight up, hey, do you have a job for me? Or, hey, I want to work with you. Like it's more of a plant a tiny, 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 small seed now and start watering it, you know, week after week, month after work, year year over year. And then eventually there will be that opportunity or situation where they're looking for someone to hire and they've noticed that you're you've been getting better at your craft and then they reach out and they hire you. Like that's the long answer to the short answer of make sure you start networking ASAP. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a great answer. Thank you guys. Um, no, I think I just wanted to add to like what Billy said really quick at the end. I mean, Hey, like, I feel like the whole industry in itself, we're kind of, I feel like we're always, we're all kind of friends or it feels like sometimes I'll like maybe meet someone that I connected to on social and I'll see them and I'll be like, Oh, it feels like I already met you before. Like, it doesn't feel like I'm meeting you for the first time. Um, so yeah, it's just a great group that just is borders and you can always pretty much lean on anyone for help at all. So never be afraid to reach out. Yeah. Thank you guys. Awesome. Thank you uh, again, Corbin, for jumping on the podcast and being the sole contributor to the Q&A <laughs> section. Really appreciate it. It's super helpful. If you don't have any other questions, I think we're going to move on. Yeah, no, you guys are good. Thank you guys a ton for all the insight and hope you guys have a good uh, rest of your night. 
So hearing some of those questions from Corbin, like what are some other questions that you had coming out of college when you were about to graduate and looking back at those times, like how would you kind of give advice to yourself as a senior in college ready to enter the real world? It's crazy because I I think recently I've been thinking about that a lot or I don't know if it's just because like, yeah, it's been five seasons now already. Like graduating college so long ago. I hate to say that. <laughs> but um yeah, I think, you know, I I wanna say towards like the last time at ASU, it was definitely you know, like that nervous feeling of like, oh my God, like what's next? Everyone's applying for jobs left and right, not knowing for sure like what's really gonna stick and what's not gonna stick. And for me, in my mind, how I was just so, uh, I really was so close off to like everything else except wanting to be a writer. Even though I feel like I was kind of experiencing a bit of burnout then to like being so tired from just constantly cranking out article after article after article, thinking to myself, like I put in a writer, I must do this once I graduate or in a sense like it was all like for nothing you know it's kind of that that scary uncertain of like oh my gosh did I just waste (laughs) did I just waste four years of my time right now um so I think like if I were to talk to like senior Nicole at ASU who is just completely stressed out and not knowing you know what's next for sure um just saying like hey like it's okay if something you plan for doesn't necessarily turn out the way you thought it would or okay that you're trying something different or trying something new and it's really crazy how it just it all works out in the end and it's not like I'm doing something completely different you know I'm still taking all of the skills of storytelling into my work as a content creator as a photographer um and yeah I feel like and again now it's I can say that if you were to tell me this five years ago I'd be like you're I'm I'm still nervous (laughs) I'm still freaking out but I think I've kind of learned it's really best in this industry to almost kind of like go with the flow of things And a lot of it has to do with like how we've talked about knowing the right people and even just a timing thing, you know, like sometimes like that one spot will open up and you just happen to be in the right. um, Yeah. It's almost like it's, you have to release a lot of control. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's, it's it's been fun. Like it's been a really fun five, five years for sure. Now let's, you know, flip it five years ahead. What's kind of your goals and dreams for future Nicole? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, I feel like at least in my mind, the next goal is to uh, work for a team and not to kind of switch from the league to the team side. I feel like again, this, uh, I mean, I always, you know, shout out my <laughs> at angels crew, but I feel like, it's really like from the team perspective on how they like plan and, and 
kind of try to formulate like, okay, this season, how do we want to, um, how do you want to showcase our team and its players? And I feel like it's such a special thing to be a part of from like the beginning to the end. And, you know, no matter how far that your team goes, I feel like it's just, it's probably a really special experience. So I feel like that's kind of next for me in the card. That's what my goal is as of right now. Um, so yeah, but I also know, you know, just things change so rapidly all the time. So five years from now, like who knows, like I could be doing something entirely different. Although I feel like I, I am confident in saying that I do want to stay in sports um, for, for, in, for like, at least right now, <laughs> Nicole on November 2nd <laughs> says she still wants to stay in sports for the next few years, for sure. Um, so we'll see if that plans out, but, um, but yeah, um, like I said, it's been, it's been fun. And like, I, no matter, I know it's going to be an adventure in the future (laughs) for sure. That's awesome. Well, we've got recorded. Uh, What's something that's underrated about working in baseball or shooting, uh, at the NHL level? I feel like those are two sports that maybe people wouldn't pick first. I feel like to to shoot like I feel like everyone wants to shoot football or everybody you know wants to shoot basketball like what what do you think is underrated about shooting baseball or hockey it's crazy so it's funny though because like both sports are entirely different from each other like it's complete night and day apples and oranges and for me though it's funny because I the reason I think I got really motivated to work in sports is because of hockey. Um, that always used, that is my, honestly is my favorite sport if I had to name one. Um, and I think it's like, I mean, partly it's because like I, I started shooting or not shooting. I started covering the ASU hockey team and that experience really kind of just, shaped like who I wanted to be as a storyteller and I think it's like and again when I started covering ASU hockey they weren't even a D1 team like they are now they were a club sport you know like playing in a tiny rickety old arena which I love but is now no longer even there anymore now they have their new arena that they're sharing with the Coyotes right now um but I feel like when you're shooting maybe a sport that's not so popular, it's almost like, and I don't know if maybe you have had this experience before, but I feel like the players are just more, how should I say this? Like a little bit more like willing or ready to share their story or like because the spotlight is not on them, it's almost like, I don't want to say they're more relatable because I I know like players of all levels are, I don't know if it's kind of like this small town feeling kind of way um, that it's so fun to like share, to share their stories. To put it plainly, it's almost like, I think it's like that small town kind of feeling. Like you just have this more of a, oh, like I want to share who these guys are, you know, like what their personalities are, like kind of bring forth 
them to like a bigger stage or you never know like there might be one person who comes across your work and you're like oh like I really relate with so and so you know what I'm going to start watching hockey you know and it kind of goes from there and like you kind of the whole like small again I keep saying small town field dynamic but that's kind of what it is and it's kind of cool to see like how a sport can grow or like how more fans can be drawn to the sport because of maybe one player that they didn't even know and that they could relate to. If that makes sense at all. That makes <laughs> I know total I kind of rambled on there for that one. <laughs> all good. That makes total sense. What's, uh, what's not been... distracted by the dog. <laughs> all good. What has been like the coolest moment that you've shot or kind of bit gotten to witness working, um, these past five seasons? Well, I feel like, the most special thing and I feel like I mean in a way it's kind of obvious but just like shooting Shohei Otani <laughs> for the past four seasons I mean it's cool because so when he you know started playing with the Angels that was my first year with MLB so kind of just like I remember watching his first home run and shooting his first home run and then just following and his career just you know seeing the ups and the downs seeing or hearing there's a lot of critics that were saying like hey like he should just focus he should just be a hitter like he shouldn't even try pitching anymore and how he was just so like no like I can do this I know I can do this I'm gonna continue to do this and then you know that that last season that 2021 it was just like it was legendary. It was like a fairy tale, like being played out in front of everybody, you know, like it's like, he's a typical storybook protagonist, right. You know, the hero that, you know, maybe was knocked down a few times, but is overcoming all these obstacles. And yeah, it's just been so rewarding and special to be covering him for, you know, the full length of his career so far. And um, yeah, like he's just been, too like just an inspiration for all of my work you know I think I want to say like 2021 season I kind of really asked myself like okay like how do I want to cover Shohei Otani and I really kind of latched on to everyone was giving him that nickname you know the unicorn and I was kind of like okay so like everyone's seen him in a very like mythical again fairy tale storybook way like if if there, like, if there were to be a children's book about him, what kind of pictures or what kind of art would you see in there? And so, like, I kind of was like, okay, you would see a lot of color. You would see a lot of just like really like kind of extraordinary, colorful, bright images, right? That you would see in a children's book. So that's kind of truly how I started doing all of the like double exposures and just playing with all of those different different settings and ways to shoot. So. Again, like, yeah, I can talk about Shohei Otani for hours and hours on end. But, um, yeah, just covering him and his career is, is amazing. And I'm so, so lucky to do so. <laughs> That's so great to hear. I am actually super pumped that you mentioned your double exposure because I had that in my notes <laughs> as one of the things I wanted to ask about. But I didn't want to ask it, like, right off the bat. So <laughs> when you were, like, talking about showing it, like, getting into your double exposure, I was like, this is going to be the greatest transition question ever. But I think my last question to you 
before we get into all the outro stuff is your double exposure. I think that's the reason I started following you initially is I saw somebody share um, one of your double exposures and I was like, oh, that's really cool. So I followed you. Um, can you talk to me a little bit more about how you do that or, you know, what's, how does that, how do you, how, how do you make you, how do you even go through that process? Yeah. Um, a lot of it is completely, well, I don't want to say completely unplanned because like a lot of like the glow sticks or the fairy lights obviously was somewhat planned and like some of those, um, but it really will just be me kind of seeing stuff. Like I went through this past season, I went through a period that I was into clouds, like the clouds or the sunset looked really pretty. And I was like, Oh, you know what? Let me, I'm going to try this. And a lot of times some of the stuff doesn't work. It really is just trial and error. Um, but yeah, I think too also, um, with Blaine, the team photog, like he also has some great exposure work and, you know, like his style has kind of like inspired and influenced me in a way. But I feel like, you know, it really will just be me kind of looking around in my surroundings, seeing what would possibly make a good image, what would like line up well. Um, and again, a lot of it is hit or miss, but be really cool when like it does turn out right. Like, yeah, there was another phase. I went through a moon phase. There's really great palm trees at Dodger Stadium. <laughs> so I will kind of just, yeah, just sometimes like during the game, kind of just like take a pause and like look around and at my environment, seeing what, oh, you know what? That might be kind of cool. There's a really pretty, maybe I can somehow blend those colors in with on the mound. Um yeah, and then with pictures too, they're really fun to do exposures on because I I feel like <laughs> I feel like it's funny to like compare them, but they're kind of like really graceful in the way of like their mechanics sometimes. So it's fun to play with like different shutter speeds to see what kind of like um, what kind of blur or kind of like different motion that you can capture and play with um again it's it's me a lot of the times just really just looking around and being like i'm gonna try that let's let's <laughs> let's see if it works out <laughs> and when you do those double exposures like does that mean you're taking the photos back to back like explain kind of the technical side of actually accomplishing yeah double exposure. okay yeah so i know on so I guess it depends on which camera you have, right? But with the R5, which is what I shoot with, there is this feature where you don't have to shoot back to back. If you shoot a shot in RAW, you can return to it later and kind of just layer layer whatever you're shooting on top of it, if that makes, if that makes sense. Um, so that obviously is a huge help because it's not easy shooting something back to back it can be done but it gives you a little bit of freedom like let's say like you want to shoot like like i mentioned like a sunset you know it's good to like shoot a couple of that a couple shots of that and then like return later to it especially because like you're also trying to cover the game too right so like you don't <laughs> you don't want to you're trying your best to not miss anything so i 
in that sense to have that ability to not shoot it back to back with the slower exposures that I've done. Again, I'll do the same thing. Like I'll shoot like maybe at a 10th of a second. I think I've even done a second, just kind of whatever I'm feeling in terms of what kind of look I want. If I want a more like drawn out blurred look, um, then I'll do slower, shoot slower. I'll shoot those in raw and then like the other the other ones at a higher shutter speed later. Um, but yeah, again, a lot of it is experimenting, hits and misses for sure. If you were to see like my, if you were to see my card after like, shooting a game, it's it's hilarious. Almost like you're just gonna see a bunch of random, again, cloud pictures, moon, moon shots, palm trees. blurred lights like if i had an what are you what are you doing like you need to be shooting the game like stop shooting the palm trees okay like let's move on <laughs> but yeah i mean it's fun it's it's fun and it definitely like when you're shooting a sport like baseball you know there's so many games and it's it's a fun way to kind of break things up and to shoot games differently um but yeah it's it's really fun. So I'll have to think of what I'm going to try next season. But, but yeah, the Michael store or any craft store, I love it because, you know, I'll see something there and I'll be like, let me try that. <laughs> let me, let me see if this works. <laughs> All right. Last couple of things, um, kind of for the outro of the podcast, uh, this segment, I call it flip the script. Uh, I'm going to give you the mic and basically let you, Ask me any questions if you have any, and I'll answer them as if I was your guest. Oh, okay. Oh, my goodness. I have not asked questions like this since my college year. So let's see. Let's see how I do. Um, well, I feel like if I do have questions, a lot of them are video related just because, like, that's been something I've been doing a lot more of the past two and a half seasons. and. I feel like, I don't know. So when you, like, can you talk to me about, like, your, because shooting, like, your own shooting photo, or obviously, like, it's, like, left brain, right brain sometimes. So it's, like, how do you describe, like, okay, you know what? I think this is going to be a good shot, like, setting up a shot. What kind of goes through your brain, <laughs> I guess, is the question. <laughs> What goes through my brain? Um, I think what goes through my brain has evolved over the past couple of years. When I was first starting out, not much was going through my brain. Um, but <laughs> yeah, you're <laughs> <laughs> kind of just you know pointing the camera at stuff, and uh, I like to call it spraying and praying. Um, now it's it's definitely. Uh, a more controlled version of spraying and praying. Uh, number one thing I'm always thinking about is lighting. Is my subject backlit? Where's the main source of light? Uh, I'm always going for a backlit look. I'm always making sure the sun is in front of me and not behind me. Um, so that's like, I'm always thinking about that. Like every other thought is where is the lighting? Lights of the stadium the lights in the tunnel, um, 
the sunlight itself, of course, but like if it's emitting light rays, I am thinking about it. And that kind of pushes me one way or another with the rest of the shot. Like if, if, if the lighting's coming from the right, then I'll probably stand on the left side. Um, and that, you know, basically wherever the source of the light is coming from, I'll try to stand away from it to shoot towards it. Um, and that really helps uh, push all my shots a certain way to be a little bit more, I guess, cinematic is what they call it these days. Um, and then my net, my second thing outside of lighting would just be I'm big on framing in terms of um, I, I ask myself all the time, like, what is in the frame? Um, like, I literally ask myself, like, what is in the frame? Like, everything that's in the frame, that is not the subject. So, like, if I have, you know, Patrick Mahomes walking in down the tunnel, I, I don't really care about Patrick. I'm not worried about what he's doing or what he's looking like. I'm worried about what's on the wall. I'm worried about is there somebody else behind him in the right corner of the frame. I'm worried about, is there any exposed wiring at the top of the frame? Is there a piece of trash in the bottom left? Like anytime I shoot something after I figure out the lighting, next I'm figuring out everything in the frame that's not the subject. So if I'm on the field, is there a referee, uh, you know, standing a little bit to the right of the person I'm trying to shoot? Is there an equipment manager tying somebody's shoe in the bottom left corner of the frame? Is there a fan that's just standing there that isn't really, you know, adding anything to the image? Like so much of my mind just goes to like trying to make the frame as clean as possible. So then the subject stands out a little bit more and is more, um, more ISOed in, in the shot. So those I would say are the two kind of big drivers of what's going through my brain when I'm getting a shot is where's the light and what's in my frame. Yeah. And it's, it's funny how it's, it's, you would think even like as, as a photographer, it's like, it's not just as simple as just pointing and shooting a player, you know, it's, there's a lot that can go into it. Right. Um, How would you describe like, your, like how has your style like changed over the year? Like maybe do you have like a maybe specific way you edit photos now or like how you were talking about like what goes through your brain when you're shooting now? It's it's fun to see how you evolve and like what your style is like over the years and how it changes. Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I think about this a lot. Definitely when I was starting out again not much going through my brain. I'm just kind of doing what I thought looked good or looked cool. And that kind of ties into what you said earlier to Corbin about putting in a lot of reps because, you know, putting in a lot of reps is how you kind of develop and find your style. So I think when I first got to the Chiefs, I kind of just did what I thought was what was cool as my as my internship year was going by. And then my second year at the Chiefs, I was full-time so I was putting a lot more reps and my style started to get formed there. But I wouldn't say it got really formed until my kind of third year out of college, which was my first year at Let It Fly Media. I and mean, kind of my first year being 
more on my own in terms of like, I wasn't working for the chiefs. I was working at an agency, I let it fly and also doing some freelance. So I was uh, felt a little bit more free cause I wasn't kind of restricted to like brand guidelines of the chiefs. That's where I kind of, I think fell in love with that retro filmic style that I know a lot of people are in love with right now, but I kind of pushed that heavy that year in 2019 and just went all in on like the film burns and the film grain and the film overlays. And that became the main driver of my like aesthetics for my video. The thing I always like to, I don't know, try to harp on to other people is like try to find a way to make whatever thing you're doing unique to you. Like, like I understand that, you know, everyone's doing the film LUTs and film grain and film overlays. But then I'm also trying to think about how do I make that a little bit more, like how do I make that style and that vibe mine? And so what I kind of developed and figured out over the next couple of years once I found that style is um, really diving deep into a lot of like After Effects and transitions and kind of movements with my footage and shots and rotations and masking and like just basically... I don't know how to describe it, but I think the best way to describe my style would be just the phrase attention to detail. If you look at any of my video edits, I pride myself on all the small nuggets and attention to details that I put into the video edit that I don't think a lot of people do to their pieces. Um, Or I guess I don't think a lot of people do... Not, not, not enough people do that to where I feel like that isn't, isn't my style. I get, I don't, I don't know if that makes sense, but basically like if you listen to the lyrics of the music that I'm using, if you listen to the instruments when they're hitting and when like transitions are hitting, like ultimately um, from kind of 2019 to now, my style is like pure attention to detail. Everything happens for a reason. Um, if the lyrics, if it's talking about, if it mentions the word quarterback, I'll make sure to show, you know, Patrick Mahomes. If it mentions the word running, I'll show the running back because he's running. If it mentions a fit or, you know, a, a nice shirt, I'll show a rival, you know, like I'll, I'll match everything as much as humanly possible to where it's, it's things you don't find until you like watch it again and again. Super long answer, but yeah, that, yeah. I don't think I've ever no, put that style or that into words. Yeah, it is. It's. I think it's just because I recently was like scrolling through my Instagram feed at like stuff from like 2018, 2017, and I was just like, wait a second. Like, I kind of see how I grab it. Like, I kind of see the path a little bit or that I was on. Do you remember those like? filters or I feel like there was an app I forgot what it was called but they had a bunch of different like like leaks and rainbows and like or they had like the disposable film camera look I put that on shamelessly (laughs) over everything even if it was pictures of of me you know and I'm just like wait a second it's like I kind of just evolved like an evolved Pokemon you know just like reaching different a more better level than obviously like app filters but um it's really cool to see and then even if someone 
I've had a couple of people reach out like, oh, hey, like, I know this was your shot. Like, I, you didn't even have to say it, but I have a feeling this was your shot. And I'm like, it was, you know, it's such a really like rewarding feeling like, okay, like I'm, I'm finding myself or like, I, I'm feeling confident in like what I'm, the work that I'm putting out, like it's reflective of me and it's just, yeah. It's an amazing feeling. Um, but I do have one more question. And I think we kind of touched on this with Corbin, but because I'm thinking about moving to the team side. And I feel like, especially if you're starting out in the industry, like there's so many different, like you can work with the team, you can work with the league, league you can work with um, like a news agency or, you know, like there's so many different avenues and like there's so many differences so like what was your favorite part about working on the team side my favorite part about working with the team side was how close I got to be able to get in terms of relationship wise with the players like being at you know practices traveling with them being around the facilities they eventually get to know who you are and understand, oh, this person works, you know, for us. He's on our side. He's, you know, the guy with the camera doing all our social stuff. And once that connection kind of happens, then you kind of unlock this new level of almost access to where, like, on the field, they might recognize you and go up to your camera and give you something to the camera that, they probably wouldn't if you were just some random person. So that's probably my favorite part about working on the team side is that you get to build those relationships with players and it gets to go. It, it helps make your content better because you're, they're more comfortable around you and your camera. So they're, you know, more likely to be themselves versus if you were working for like a news agency or uh, a different outlet, they might be a little bit more reserved. So that was my favorite part about working with the Chiefs. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. And then also, like, when you, especially if you've been there for a long time, like, day in and day out, it's like they do be like, okay, I know who she is. I know who she works for. Like, that comforting feeling of, like, okay, I can be myself. And then, yeah, it's, it's, it makes your job a lot easier, right? Um, but, yeah, I feel like I got all the questions. Hopefully I asked those okay. Like I said, it's been a long time since I've been on the other side of asking questions. Um, but no, I mean, it's been it's been great. <laughs> yeah, th those are great questions. I loved it. All right, last two things. First, can you name three content creators that people should be following or that they should three content creators that people should know about basically who are like, I guess, super underrated or your top three in terms of people that inspire you. And I'm going to add a twist on it for you. One needs to be an MLB content creator. One needs to be an NHL content creator. And then the other one needs to be from neither of those. Ooh. Okay. All right. Well, the first one, I feel like, and I, I don't even know if like, I don't, wouldn't say he's underrated, but I mean, I feel like because I've been mentioning him already throughout this, and but the team photographer for the Angels, I mean, he's just, just I think it's just because he has, you know, it's not, it's not just kind of one in one way. There's so many, there's a variety of good shots in there that like, 
it will definitely inspire someone to be like, Hey, I want to try that. And I feel like that's huge when you follow someone, right? Is you see a shot and you're like, Hey, you know what? I'm going to try that and, and see what happens. Um, so Blaine Oagashi for sure. And then, so for NHL, I, she actually just started shooting for, um, her name is Mackenzie Hudson. I love the work that she's been putting out and she actually shoots for the chargers as well. Um, but I feel like she's now that she's shooting hockey, it's like, you're going to see a lot more variety from her. A huge shout out to her. Um, let's see. And then the third one, gosh, that I haven't, let me see that have nothing to do with hockey and baseball. Hmm. Oh my gosh. There's so many. Well, actually he's kind of like been a huge inspiration to me and just a lot of the work that he does. I feel like everything, no matter what he shoots, I'm just like, what? Like it's Adam Glansman. He does a lot of different, I think he uses a lot of different um, too in some of his shots, but I mean, his work is just so colorful and vibrant. And I feel like he just inspired me to like really figure out how I want to incorporate color into my, into my shots, into my work. So, oh my God. Yeah. He's, he's amazing. Um, All three of them. I feel like there's so many more though. Like it's so hard to like choose on the spot. I'm just like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm missing a lot of people or something. Like, (laughs) um, Let me see if I can just shout out a few more people. Um, my coworker, Campbell Dunn, obviously he's, (laughs) he actually, I don't know if you saw on MLB, but there was a man in a green suit who was shooting, um, postseason. He ran, ran on the field to shoot, um, high fives that, that was him. And I, (laughs) oh my gosh, I wish I was there to see it in person, but he, I think we've started working, I want to say close around the same time so we've been with MLB for about four or five years and yeah just seeing how his work has evolved like he's he's a wizard and he's also someone who's just great to reach out to if you have like any question video about photo because he's great at doing both um yeah I mean again it's the sport industry is just great because I feel like everyone's just for the most part just really kind and supportive and really willing to answer any questions but you may have so I feel like that's just kind of like the biggest thing is just never be afraid to like reach out because you know we all started at square one before right we've all been in each other's shoes and um you meet a lot of people you even befriend a lot of people and it's just yeah you just never know what you'll run into um but yeah hopefully that that covered it (laughs) that was a great list Kind of started answering my last and final question, but I'm still going to ask for it. What would your final piece of advice be for someone listening to this podcast if they're an aspiring creative trying to get into this industry and this is the only thing they take away from this podcast? What would you say to them right now? Yeah, don't ever be afraid to ask questions and to reach out for help. Um, is huge. I know I feel like that might be kind of simple, but I feel like we all kind of get nervous, right? Like, like, oh my gosh, like I 
like might not respond to me or like I just started like would they even like give me the time of day to answer a question um but now just never be afraid to reach out for help because again like you never know who's gonna help you in some way it might be a great friend down the road to you someday and um like I said like I if I didn't ask any questions as I was learning and growing from day one at MLB like I would never have evolved into like the type of shooter that I am today at all um so yeah kind of thing and everything meeting people trying new things um yeah never being afraid to kind of just go with the flow and then see what happens and it that's kind of like a ramble of things <laughs> that I've kind of learned throughout the years and kind of what I've really learned to appreciate is just it's so important to be comfortable in the environment that you're working in. So, yeah, reaching out, making those connections is is huge for sure. Go with the flow. You heard the lady Nicole Vasquez dropping straight facts for all you aspiring creatives. Thank you so much, Nicole, for joining us on the podcast. Shout out to Corbin for hitting us with those questions. And I appreciate every single one of y'all for listening to the podcast to the very end. Make sure to share and rate five stars for this podcast on your listening platform, whatever it is, iTunes, TikTok, Spotify. Like, subscribe, share, and I'll catch y'all on the next one. Deuces.